Hello, everyone. Welcome to Oh My Pod. Today we have a very special guest named Tiffany Ketchmark. She practices Reiki. I'm saying that right, correct? Yes. And I have never even heard of this until about two weeks ago. Um, This sounds really, really silly, but I feel like I saw it on a preview of Vanderpump Rules on Bravo. One of the stars (laughs) was getting it done. Um, And I remember looking at that being like, what is he doing? That looks kind of crazy. Um, But even talking to you for a few minutes, it actually seems like a really helpful practice. So today I want to dive into all the ins and outs of Reiki, how it can help you, how you got into it. Um, So if you want to introduce yourself, my guests would love to know who you are. Yeah, Uh, my name is Tiffany Ketchmark. I've been practicing Reiki. I'm a Reiki master teacher and I've been practicing for about four years and it's a life-changing energy work, energy experience, I feel. Um... Yeah, I started practicing, actually I got into it when I started teaching yoga and I find it's one of those things that when you're ready, it finds you Mm -hmm. and then you start hearing about it everywhere and seeing it and everyone starts telling you that they've received it or know about it and um, it was the same kind of thing. I never heard of it, had no idea what it was, thought it was crazy and received my first session and had a really profound experience and thought there's something to this. And I decided to start learning how to work with energy. And so in the very most basic terms, what is Reiki? What does that mean? Yeah, so Reiki is basically broken down into Reiki is a universal life force energy. Um, There's no religious connotation behind it. It's a very spiritual practice. Um, If you have any source that you connect to, you can connect it to that source. Um, But it's a spiritual energy, and it's an energy... If you think of it, there's energy in everything. Everything, yeah. In you, in me, in the the pens, the phone, everything, like nature, animals. Um, And so with energy being in everything, sometimes certain things vibrate at different energies, people, animals, etc. And sometimes like the energy can get stuck or stagnant or be a lower vibration and just need to, you know, when you have those days and we we use the phrases commonly with, I'm feeling drained or I have a lot of weight on my shoulders or this person or situation is an energy vampire. We're on some level very aware of Mm -hmm. this energy and on some levels we're completely oblivious to it unless you really kind of tune into it. Yeah, that makes sense because when I was looking into it, someone explained it really well in that think about when you have a headache you cradle your head in your hands or when you have a stomach ache you grab your stomach mm-hmm. or when you hurt your knee and scrape it the first thing you do is touch it which when they explained it that way I was like that's so true you never don't react with touch or energy you're, you don't just lay there or sit there you're comforting yourself um so that's what I'm wondering more of the physical aspect like if I come to you and I'm like I have a you know an hour long with you how does the session start? Yeah. What, what does that look like? Yeah. So first of all, Reiki is something that you have to be open to. And it's one of those things I like to say to people, as deep as you want to go down the rabbit hole, we're going to go. Mm-hmm. Um, as a practitioner, the energy doesn't come from me. It is a universal energy. I'm the channel for the person receiving or, or any practitioner is a channel for the person receiving the energy. Um, the more open you are to it, the deeper you can go with it. Like as a, as a practitioner, you can't override anybody's will mm-hmm. to receive or, or not do something. Um, so when you go into a session, energy can flow into and out of everything. 
And the belief is that we have these different layers of the body. So you've got your physical body, your emotional body, your energetic body, your kind of subconscious and, and spiritual right. body. So you can think of it, is it all being connected? Like, you know, you brought up the headache. That can be a physical pain, but it could be coming from stress, which is an emotional source. Or, you know, you could go to the dentist and have physical pain and then that's affecting you maybe emotionally for the rest of the week. So it's all connected. Mm -hmm. um, when you move into this uh, session with someone, it's a two-way street. So the practitioner and the person receiving work together. And so typically when I'm working in session, I ask if there's an intention that somebody's wanting to work with. Some people, you know, it's to work through something physical mm -hmm. or maybe they're going through grief or they're trying to recover from a car accident, whatever. You can use it for stress, anxiety, PTSD, depression. Wow. I mean, everything. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So, um, and, and in my opinion, pretty miraculous yeah. results from it as well. So, 100%. Yeah. Um, in session, though, when the practitioner is working with the person, um, the person receiving it can sometimes experience it in different ways. So depending on how energy sensitive that person is, it might be a very sensational experience where there might be a lot of tingling or pulsing. Um, some people are very visual and they might see colors or actual images. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it's a very emotional experience where if you're holding on to something and then it finally can, can release, um, or sometimes it's a very spiritual experience and the easiest way to kind of put a tangible explanation to something that's not very tangible. Mm -hmm. Um, if we all have this energy in us and if we imagine that we're all like a half cup of water and at the bottom is kind of like mud or sediment or something. And those are, those are the things that we go through in life that we start collecting dramas or experiences or stressors or whatever. And sometimes it can just get stuck. Mm -hmm. When you're receiving Reiki, think of it as adding more water to your cup. At first it might make the water very muddy. Mm -hmm. And then eventually the more energy you keep bringing in and in and in, eventually the cup overflows and then the water runs clear until you kind of go through another experience. So we're always kind of aiming or working towards a clear cup. <laughs> yeah, uh, really though. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of where the whole like glass half full, glass half empty. I mean, mm -hmm. that's a perfect analogy to explain. That's how people look at things is mm -hmm. how's my energy doing? Like you said, it is really connected to everything that we do. And like you said, people are aware. So I think that's a great example for people to visualize. So I'm wondering if I'm going through, let's say I'm going to you for stress, I'm stressed at work, I'm having some personal issues, would my session be totally different than someone that's like, oh, I'm, um, I have PTSD. I know it's dependent on the person and how willing they're able to be open, but are, do you have to be like, okay, well, since this person has PTSD and this person is just stressed at work, how does that practice change? Does that sure. make sense? Yeah, of course. Um, so each, you know, each person is very different and each experience with one person is very different. So if your intention is stress, then what we do in session is we try to work towards the root cause. So when you're receiving Reiki, it's always working towards the root cause of what's going on so that you can either have this awareness, learn from it, 
let it go, clear it, whatever it is that you need to do so that you can basically reduce this weight or baggage or self-limiting beliefs or whatever it is that's kind of holding you back from being your most authentic self. So, you know, if stress is coming from a certain place in your life and maybe there's not that connection made, it would just kind of work towards helping you make that connection. Got it. And so what is, when someone comes in, again, let's say I'm calling for stress at work, Am I laying down? Am I sitting up? Are you just speaking to me? Are you guiding me through something? Are you touching me? What does that look like? Sure, yeah. So Reiki's done with your clothes completely on. So unlike massage, um, you're completely clothed. And assuming you're in a physically good condition where it feels comfortable to lay down, it's usually done on a massage table. If that's not accessible, then you know it can be done in a chair or if it needs to be in a bed or on a floor. So it really kind of is person depending. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as you know, as far as working through the session, the practitioner can either have like a gentle touch or the hands can be gently off the body. Because sometimes you're working within the physical body and sometimes you're working in the the auric field Mm -hmm. um, where you may not be aware of the person's, you know, presence around you, but they're still there working on you. Um, And then again, it kind of depends on the practitioner. I, at times, will interact with the person just to kind of check in and, and share something I may be feeling like, hey, I'm picking this up. Does this resonate with you in any way? And sometimes it's just a completely silent experience it tends to put you into a very meditative state um a lot of people fall asleep because it's really relaxing (laughs) that's what i feel like what i would do (laughs) yeah so it's you know if you're awake then it could be an interaction but some people prefer to just kind of be in the moment and process things internally is that what you would recommend because i've actually done a past life regression Mm. and that was part of it was you need to get into the subconscious and Basically, I don't know the the term for it, almost um, maybe a meditation where you're going like different levels of yourself, kind of what you're talking about. Is that what you want people to come in that state or does sleeping because you're in that like REM sleep cycle, does that help more? Like what is the best way to get the most potential out of a session? Sure. So Reiki, if you're open to it. Reiki works whether you're awake or you're sleeping. Um, It also works at your level of awareness. So when you're moving into a session, if this is your first time or maybe maybe you're not in a place to approach certain things again, like because there can't be any overriding of the system, some things might come across as being um, a complete like off the wall suggestion if the awareness maybe isn't there at that time. So I usually find that when people start working with it more and more, um, usually at a point there is a little bit more dialogue because you're kind of going deeper and deeper and deeper into like the root cause of something and really trying to dig up whatever it is that's kind of that like thorn in your side, so mm-hmm. to say. Um, but sometimes it takes a few a few times to get there, and and some people just like to internally process and have that privacy to themselves. So it's, it's not really a, a good or bad or right. right or wrong kind of thing. Okay. And that's making me think of the post session. Mm. If it's really emotional or, um, you know, it's bringing up some feelings that they weren't expecting. What do you suggest after, you know, I'm sure you're not like, all right, bye, have a good day. There's probably <laughs> something you tell <laughs> them to do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like what, what do you recommend after a session? Yeah. So, um, Again, because you just don't know necessarily what's going to come up for you. 
Um, usually there's some time after session where myself and the person will kind of go through everything and just make sure everybody's in a good place to leave and close the session. Um, but I recommend, especially if it was very intense, to have a lot of time to yourself. Give yourself permission to, you know, more alone time or if you need even anything from maybe fasting or sleeping or going for that walk in nature, journaling, you know, things to help mm-hmm. you process. Um, a lot of people uh, have kind of like an epiphany or, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. Or there's usually some sort of shift, whether it's noticed right then and there or within the next couple of days. Um, and that usually default brings about other shifts. And, and you know, life's always ups and downs. So, so things can kind of right. come in that are above and beyond our control at times. Um, but when you're doing anything that raises your vibration. So if you're, again, because it's energy, energy, like is attracting like. So Mm -hmm. once you do things to raise your vibration, to work on yourself, to better yourself for yourself and for the whole, you're raising vibration around you as well. So if something was in your life or maybe a a habit, a food, a person, a situation, a job, um, when you start working with this, as that your vibration raises, if that's still, the things in your life still aren't in line with your truth or your purpose or who you are at your most authentic self, you may notice certain things start to reprioritize. So maybe a certain person kind of fades away or you stop eating a certain food or whatever it is, because mm-hmm. as you're raising a vibration, you're now pulling in and drawing and attracting things that are now at that current place that you're right. at. Yeah. So that can bring about shift. Yeah. Always in a positive way, even if it may come across as a little uncomfortable at times. I was going to say, it's almost like working out. You have to keep going Mm -hmm. to finally get the body you want. And same thing internally, you need to keep working at things to get to the place you want. Mm -hmm. So that brings me to the question of how often should people go? And I know this is probably situational, but let's say there's a traumatic event. It should be going once a week, once a month. Like how often are you seeing people? Yeah, so <laughs> every day. Oh, good. <laughs> no, I mean, if you could go every day, that'd be great. Yeah. Um, if, if you're in a place where you really feel stuck or if you are going through something and you're really trying to work through or get clarity, um, if you can do a few sessions in close proximity, it, you will usually notice some sort of kind of shift or mm-hmm. push out of that cyclical loop um, of you know, whatever it is that you're thinking, experiencing. Right. Um, I, I have found both with myself and with some of my clients, like some people I see will come once a week, every other week, once a month. Um, and that's kind of like maintenance. Think of it as like, if you're cleaning your attic, if you do it like once a year, it's still going to get cluttered again. But if you're doing a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, eventually things kind of fall into place and you know, you, you notice maybe, you can go a little bit longer before you feel mm-hmm. out of balance. Um, but if you're going through something major and you can go, you know, two, three, four times in a close proximity, like in a, a week or two, you will usually notice like a, a shift out of your, your pattern, your habit, your cycle. Got it. Yeah. And that makes me wonder, cause you were talking about your yoga background and I know there's different types of yoga. Are there different types of Reiki? There's different, I'm not as familiar. So the type that I practice is the Usui lineage. Um, there are like Karuna, I believe is one. And, um, I'm, you know, they have all these different like quantum touch and, um, I think it's like 
hands-on healing or healing hands or something like that. Um, so there's all different types that are similar. So I can only really speak mm-hmm. to the what I know. yeah to the one right. I know. Um, but yeah, I, I got into it, and um, there's different levels, and so I've moved through to become a, a master teacher. So, and can anyone learn? Um, it sounds like anyone can learn if they want. Yeah. Um, but what type of qualifications or certifications? Like, how long did it take to actually become a practitioner? Yeah. So um, anyone can learn it, just like anyone can be a bodybuilder or run a marathon. But not everybody feels called to do it. Right. Um, and so yeah. And when you when you start practicing Reiki. There is some, like, logistical stuff that you learn, so you know how to work with it. Mm-hmm. But when you actually go through the process, it's, a like, a spiritual attunement. So you go through, like, a ceremony where the, the gift is passed down from teacher to student. Got it. Yeah. So as you go through, and, and you can go through the process as quickly as you can kind of handle life shifting. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, I took my time because mm-hmm. a lot of things started happening very, very quickly yeah. when I started this process. And, you know, sometimes you just need to catch up and give yourself a little yeah. break to mm-hmm. make your moves or change your jobs or relationships or whatever it is so that you can kind of be more in the flow. Right. Yeah. That's actually making me wonder kind of a silly question. Do you call it a Reiki practitioner? Is it a Reikiist? Like, what is the proper name for someone that does it? <laughs> a Reikiist. Reiki-ist. I haven't heard that one before, but like acupuncture. Gotta make it up. <laughs> um, so I call myself a Reiki practitioner. Okay. Um, I'm a certified Reiki master teacher. Okay. Most people I think would call and probably ask for like refer to it as a Reiki session or you know is there a Reiki practitioner or a Reiki master right and we were talking about the healing properties it can have what are some things that it's helped you with personally yeah um so like I said I think I think Reiki is miraculous I think everybody should be at least practicing at the the level one um level one's all about self healing, self-improvement. And if you think about it, I always use this. You have to put your oxygen mask on first before you can put anybody else's. Yes. So if you're working on yourself, you will be a better service for everyone around you, including yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started working with this, um, basically my biggest story is um, 15 years ago, I was diagnosed with uh, Hashimoto's, which is wow. a, an autoimmune thyroid. Oh my goodness. I'm, I'm not sure how familiar you, no, you are, but um, it's horrible. <laughs> so if anybody listening good. has ever had it, it's not great. Um, basically, your thyroid's the captain of your ship, Oof. and so it controls all of your systems in your body, from your hormones, your digestion, your body temperature, I mean, you name it, metabolism. Mm-hmm. And... Um, So I was going through like a pretty rough patch for a few years and then they figured out what was going on and they put me on medicine. And at the time, um, my awareness was just that you will be on this for the rest of your life. And that's just how it is and how this disease works. Mm -hmm. Um, And then me being me, especially once I started getting into more yoga and, and trying to treat my body and my life in a more holistic way, I uh, started coming to different conclusions that, you know, this maybe isn't always the answer. Right. And um, so I started working with Reiki a lot. I started working with yoga, changed up a lot of my diet, my lifestyle. 
And um, I noticed like the biggest shift after I started practicing Reiki. And as of January 31st, I'm completely off of all my Oh my, my gosh, my that's medicine. so fascinating. Yeah. See, this is what attracts me so much to alternative health is because, yeah. you know, watching so many documentaries and hearing people like you, it's not that medicine is the cure-all that can truly be energy working on your body, sure. just a mental shift. And you just proved it. Like you, it was an internal disease that most people think because they're just not educated enough that, like you said, it's the end all be all. You got to keep taking this medicine. It's not gonna well, go and a lot of times, like especially when I start looking at it from more of this energetic perspective, it's not disease. It's dis-ease or discomfort or disorder. So there's a level that suggests that something's out of balance. Mm-hmm. So not saying like there's a time and a place like if you need to pull my tooth out or cut my leg off I want some drugs yeah (laughs) I don't want to feel it but at the same time you know we our bodies are so powerful so powerful our minds are so powerful every day our body's sole purpose is to get up and survive and our minds like what we tell ourselves our thoughts everything what we tell ourselves we can manifest in our life and thoughts our intentions our energy And so, you know, when you're working with something like this, like at first I was using both. I had to bring myself into balance Mm -hmm. out of disorder and moving towards comfort out of discomfort and ease out of dis-ease. And so what my balance looks like could be very different to your balance to somebody else's. But um, after that I brought myself into balance, I was able to then kind of gain that momentum um, with my holistic, you know, with Reiki, with yoga, with diet, lifestyle, and everything to kind of go in the other direction towards healing. So, yeah, it's very powerful. And a lot of my clients have had some pretty, in my opinion, miraculous results that Again, it's above and beyond my control. Yeah. Like I'm just the, the channel for the person. The energy is, is moving through. But when somebody experiences a profound shift or a lifelong pain or an emotional release or whatever it is that can alter the trajectory of your life, I mean, that's really powerful. Yeah. And something I've learned is people, I think it's what a lot of people talk about is like the preventative lifestyle. Mm-hmm. When you get older... You just think, oh, I'm just getting old. This disease just fell upon my lap. I'm just yeah. getting old. But it's actually years of damage that you've been doing to your body yeah. that could have been reversed if you started something like this early on. For sure. So you were just talking about some of your clients that have had insane experiences. Can you share maybe one or two that have been completely healed by Reiki? Um, well, I mean, as far as completely healed, I guess that's a relative. <laughs> Somewhat, you know. So, like, I've I've had um, I've had clients where um, I actually am working with other clients that are are also trying that have Hashimoto's that are trying to work off of that um, that are moving in that direction right now. So that's really positive. And um, I have one client where she has all sorts of um, autoimmune diseases, Mm -hmm. and her a lot of her medicine was giving her ringing in her her ears and she had this ringing in her ears for like a decade and we went in very informal um it was actually my friend's mother and maybe spent 30 minutes with her and we were focusing on this kind of leaving her body and to this day and this was like years ago it's completely gone oh wow yeah and um I've, i've worked on people that have had frozen shoulder 
um, that had like limited or no mobility that after one session were able to move their their arm again stuff like stuff right. like that where you know you can't tangibly understand it and it's a very hard thing especially in our like american mm-hmm. logistical analytical yeah. mind of like i want to know how this is happening and you know some things you just you put faith into that it's just going to work like mm-hmm. it's just going to happen a lot of people have positive results from it so that's what i was just thinking i, I was just thinking of skeptics saying well how is that possible you need to get you know get actually a hands-on working the frozen shoulder out or there must have been a kink in the muscle and what I always think too is to your point like when I'm stressed I'll get knots in my stomach Mm -hmm. and that's just from a feeling I didn't eat anything I'll wake up and just have knots in my stomach that totally affects my day just from a feeling so that does make sense that it doesn't always have to be someone going to physical therapy to work something like that out and sometimes I mean sometimes it is like a physical body thing right and then sometimes it's very energetic or very emotional like that where you can't you can't see why you get the knots you can't physically see the knots in your stomach but they're there you know you, Mm -hmm. you can feel it on some level you know that they're there yeah and you know again when you're working whether it's on yourself or with people eventually you start to see your energetic pattern you start to see where you always hold maybe a certain emotion or where you always have a repetitive pattern or behavior Mm -hmm. or you always kind of move or think or do a certain thing and you feel it in your body and this is you know once you're kind of moving a bit deeper into the practice but yeah, we, we all have a pattern. It's like kind of the Rubik's Cube of yeah. figuring it out, you know? I've actually heard on a podcast, I feel like maybe these girls weren't intentionally doing Reiki, but they're very much into the flow of energy, and their friend was hungover. Mm-hmm. And they said by focusing on that energy and telling her, like, think of, like, getting the hangover out, getting the hangover out, all of a sudden she wasn't hungover. Mm-hmm. So I know that's a silly example, but is that something that can happen? For sure. I like, mean, that or, or when when people get together and say prayers for someone or how many times have you thought of a song and it's on the radio or you thought of someone, they call or text you, that's energy. That's, mm-hmm. like, just different ways of looking at energy that we can't you can't explain those things right but we're all connected to it we're all connected to it whether we're aware or how aware we are you know or not so it just it just flows yeah yeah that makes me think of if you're having a bad day or you know you just had a really bad time at work or something happened and someone has a session will you say no I, I can't do it today I'm, I'm having a bad day or do you have to clear your own energy or does it help you even if you have a session oh definitely yeah um so multiple part question yes um so if you know if I'm going through something traumatic then I give myself space just like I tell people if you need some space after if you're going through something I give myself space as well because Mm -hmm. energy is sensitive and I need to be very good about keeping what's mine, mine, and Mm -hmm. what the other person's is theirs, is theirs. Um, So when I go into a session, I clear myself, I ground myself, I take the time to make sure that I'm in a good place and I'm not going to dump anything on the person that I'm working with because you are energetically very, very close. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's ever been around someone that's in a bad mood or is angry or something, you immediately feel it. Mm -hmm. Whether you are aware of it or not, you feel it on some level of your body. So, you know, being very mindful that I'm protecting myself, both for me, but also so that I'm not shedding anything Mm -hmm. that 
I might be going through on the other person. And I try to give myself Reiki every day. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. I was going to say, can you do it on yourself? Yeah, definitely. That makes sense. Yeah. I actually just interviewed um, a tarot card reader and psychic medium who mentioned that she tried to do a party and do readings on, you know, 150 people. And she learned the hard way, especially as being a medium. It was way overwhelming. Mm -hmm. She had to leave. And she was like, I would never do that again. Have you seen that multiple people want to come see you at once, or is it just a one-on-one session? How does that work? So I work with people, if I'm doing a session, I work with people one-on-one, both because if they're working through something, we're focused on them, but also energetically, it's just easier to know whose energy is Mm -hmm. what versus if you're in a crowd of 500 people. Right. Um, however, I also lead a bunch of um, guided meditations and I use Reiki during the meditation. And there might be a group of people of 10 or 15 or 20 people. So it's different in that case where I'm not necessarily working on a one-on-one trying to help somebody work through something specifically, but I'm offering it as a way where if this person is open to it, they're able to use this in their own meditation to either go deeper, to be more into this meditative state. Um, and so, yeah, you can, you can work with both, but it is a lot harder to kind of read the energy when you're around a lot of people. What about couples? Have you ever worked with couples? You know, it's funny. I've never worked with couples. Um, but it is interesting when you are with two people like yeah. energetically like feeling the difference and yeah. similarities between people's energies for sure. What about a whole new take of like couples counseling? Exactly. That's what I was wondering. Like there's alternative health, alternative couples counseling. Yeah, yeah. What about um pregnant women? Does that help with pregnancy easing? You know, you always hear about issues of pregnancy. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this can help because like you said, it's energy feeding the baby probably. Yeah. So Reiki is always working in your highest good. So it's not harmful mm-hmm. to the mom or the baby. It's always working in your, your highest good. And you're only getting what you're open to receive and what you need to receive. It's not giving you anything mm-hmm. that you don't already have okay. or that isn't already yours or that you aren't that you aren't at some point going to go through. It's basically a re-reminder, so to say, um, or you know, bringing something to the surface, but yeah, you can, you can receive it. If you're pregnant, you can receive it. If you're a baby, I've worked with people that are terminal that use it as just like the comfort at the end of their life. Um, and at that point it's not so much of like a physical healing. It's more kind of working out those last things that they're trying to work out maybe on an emotional level or more, it becomes more of a a spiritual session at that point of them connecting with whatever they need to connect with to start making these, these peace, this peace at the end of life. Right. Mm -hmm. It's also making me think of how often people don't really check in with themselves because if you think about it, everyone's on a routine. You wake up, get to breakfast or get to work, eat breakfast, go, 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 work out, shower, Mm -hmm. go to bed. And you're never actually processing things, which is something I've had to check in with myself as well. Like, okay, are you really okay today? Are you mm-hmm. just putting on your mask and going through the motions? Um, have you ever seen um, people that have now incorporated Reiki for 
not only themselves, like let's say you're working on a patient um, and now you've seen that they've like told their whole office about it and now the whole office comes to you for Reiki. Like, has, have you seen people spread the word of Reiki to really get the word out there? Because even me, I'm like, I'm about to go tell everyone I know and that's why I'm having this podcast. Yeah, but. sure. Well, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I find kind of like we were talking a little bit before the the interview it really is interesting like where you are in the world Mm -hmm. um so i find here it's it's a mixed bag like some people depends on the setting Mm -hmm. the set and setting so your mindset and where it is that you hear about it um if i'm having this conversation with maybe one person or two people at a yoga studio or a chiropractic office or an acupuncturist office you're more likely because somebody's already of this mindset of, of looking for alternative ways for them to spread the word. Mm-hmm. However, I can, <laughs> I can say from personal experience, I've shared with, with family members and whatnot, and they look at me like I'm losing my mind. <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> so um, I find that it really is, it, and it's also kind of, it speaks a lot to where that person is at and mm-hmm. maybe how vulnerable they want to be within themselves or or how much they're maybe willing to open up to the unknown or the possibility that literally anything can happen or change. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of goes both ways. You know, if you're in California, everybody knows about it and yeah. talks about it all the time. And I, I think it's like slowly becoming more um, common here in the Midwest and more known and accepted, which is which is great. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That also makes me think of the tarot card reader again, where she said, if someone's closed off, I just can't do a reading. Mm-hmm. Do you notice in Reiki, if someone comes to you, you can read their energy. They're like, oh, I don't really want to be here, but I thought it would help. You know, For I'm, sure. I'm here now. And you're like, I just, I'm not sure if this is going to work today. Yeah. Um, and, and it doesn't happen often. I would say in all the years, it's probably happened three times Wow. where you can kind of feel that the person coming is more like prove it mm-hmm. versus they're actually there to be open to do the work. Yeah. Um, and that being said, because I can't override anybody's will, we'll kind of start the session. I'll ask the person, I'll like feel that maybe they're not open to it. I'll ask them to take a few deep breaths, kind of check in. If it still feels that way, some people it's just a nervous thing and then you just, you go into mm-hmm. it. Um, but there has been like two or three times. And usually at that point, I just stop the session. I ask them like, do you want to be here? I'm mm-hmm. not feeling with, like this is a connection. I don't, yeah. I'm not going to take your money to right. you know, do something just when it doesn't feel like it. you really, yeah, yeah when you want to be here. So, you know, and, and that also is like a, a Reiki lesson. Like mm-hmm. that's also a life lesson of yeah. just where you're at too. So. It reminds me a lot of what I've heard about meditation. So what are the differences between Reiki and meditation or like guided meditation? Oh man, that's like a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, some similarities, um, Reiki, when you're using it, it puts you into a meditative state. Okay. So like if you're meditating and you're using Reiki, it's just kind of pulling you a bit deeper. Um, and they're also similar in the standpoint of they can really guide you to different areas of your life, whether it's physical, energetic, emotional, and show you things that maybe you need to work on or a a direction you should go, or if you're kind of stuck with a decision or whatever. Um, So they are similar in that way. Um, I guess without going totally (laughs) off topic, (laughs) that's what I would say that they're probably similar in that way. Got it. That makes sense. Yeah. 
Um, have you noticed that there are a lot of people that come in with more, I'm trying to word this correctly, like negative, they're trying to work out of the negative versus like, oh, I'm just doing a checking in with myself. I'm feeling positive. I'm feeling happy. I just want to be here. Or is it usually people that are like, I'm pretty going through some tough times. Like I need mm. some guidance out of this or is it really whatever? Yeah. So, um, I've had both. I think a human tendency is when we feel good, we just kind of keep doing whatever it is mm-hmm. that makes us feel good. Um, I feel like a lot of people, when you get to that place where you feel stuck, um, or you feel at a crossroads or, you know, it's time to make a decision or a change, or if something happened that maybe was above and beyond your control, like a death or, mm-hmm. or a loss of relationship or your house was on fire or something, you know, right. it was like God moments where you don't have control over those things. Um, I find a lot of people migrate more towards this to bring clarity and, both in what they should do, but also if, if it's like a very heavy emotional thing, um, to kind of process whatever emotion it is that they're, they're feeling to make peace with it. Mm -hmm. Um, so I tend to get more people that are trying to work through something or that have something going on that Mm -hmm. are trying to manage it. And then every now and then, like when you kind of get through some of the hurdles and you're feeling pretty good, most, you know, people that are consistent, like, I'm feeling good today. I just want to like juice up. Yeah. <laughs> just real. Top, yeah, yeah. Top me up. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. So. I mean, that makes sense. Cause everyone is always, I feel like, especially now everyone's going through career changes or life changes or having kids or making a major decision. And a lot of times people brush their feelings. I mean, that's where that whole thing comes brushing your feelings mm-hmm. under the rug or bottling it up. And yeah. you're saying, I guess going back to the analogy, it's almost like you bottle everything up. And so this is a way to take all that stuff out of the bottle and just put it to the side so you can be the person you're meant to be essentially. Definitely. That's awesome. Do you find yourself wanting to do it around people all the time, especially if you're coming around negative energy? Are you like, oh, this person could really use a Reiki session? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need Reiki. Yeah, you need Reiki. That's a um, new insult. <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to, I think everybody can benefit from it. I think um, I used to offer it a lot more. Um, and I, I, I still do, but I have to be really mindful of mm-hmm. my energy as well. Cause what I was noticing was, I mean, everybody's got something. So I think you, you get drawn to people or people get drawn to you that are looking, whether they're aware of it or not, mm-hmm. of, I need, I need this in my life. Um, and you have to just be mindful like of your own energy because right. I was getting really drained, but I'm like, I need to, I need to help. They, you yeah. know, they're going through something. I'm, I would like to help, you know, I want to try mm-hmm. to help. But again, you have to put your oxygen mask on yeah. first and you have to like take care of your own energy, your self care. So I do offer it usually if it's like a pretty serious condition or if it's, if I'm not in a place, I'm like, you know, why don't we set up something mm-hmm. sometime? So yeah, without burning yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and that is something we talked about a little bit before too, is the length of sessions and you were comparing it to a massage. Could you explain how long the sessions are and, and why they're that long? And, um, yeah. yeah. So, um, usually I work with people either on like a, a 60 or 90 minute session. Um, kind of like we were saying a little bit before, like a five minute or a 10 minute massage still feels good, but mm-hmm. you can really get in there and work through some things if you have an hour or an hour and a half. And it's, it's the same 
um, with Reiki where, yeah, you're still going to benefit and feel good and probably relaxed after five or ten minutes, but you can really get in there and, and work through some things if you have an hour or an hour and a half. So, yeah, especially if you have an hour and a half. Yeah. That <laughs> reminds fly me. home after. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that'd be awesome. I would love to have an hour and a half on my hands. Um, something that a lot of people want to know is you, for example, you work um, sometimes in a chiropractor office. You were telling me sometimes you do an apartment. How does Reiki work best? Is it just in people's own comfortable space? Um, you know, what do you recommend in terms of people that want to try Reiki for the first time? Yeah, definitely. Um, so I'm independent mm -hmm. and I, I work with and for um, a few different people. So I see people both privately at their house or at mine, especially if somebody has a situation where they maybe aren't mobile or can't leave mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, and then I also work in a couple different locations where I see people. So I, um, I see people at Reeves Chiropractic on Dearborn and Grand. And then I also see people at Yoga Now um, at Chicago and LaSalle. And so you just get like a, a different kind of clientele. I get mm -hmm. a lot more yogis and students from Yoga Now and then a lot more people that are coming in for massage, acupuncture, adjustments. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so I, I kind of, I'm all over the place yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I feel like that's better though. Cause you can, like you said, you're helping a bunch of different people versus just, I feel like a lot of times people are like, Oh, that's too far. If I have to go to that office or I can only swing by if I'm in the area. Well, so that's the thing. Chicago is a, a huge city. Right. Um, so, you know, you, you kind of have to be a bit flexible where if you're living up North, you're not going to come downtown. And mm -hmm. if you're downtown, you don't want to come up North. So, yeah. or, or South or East or whatever. Mm -hmm. well, East, I guess you'd be in the lake, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you, you do, you want to have something that's convenient. So right. sometimes people do appreciate having it done in home or prefer it, especially if it is something they're going through. Um, and if it is the locations are convenient, then, you know, mm -hmm. working in office as well. Right. This actually reminds me because we just picked our insurance. If I'm going to you through a chiropractor, is Reiki covered by insurance? Oh, it's not. And I wish it would be. But right. Again, it's one of those, you yeah. know, try to explain this to Blue Cross. A big pharma. Yeah. And they're company. like, uh, you're doing what? Yeah. They're like, good no. one. <laughs> yeah. So, that's a no. so it's, it's not, but hopefully, hopefully they're starting to cover a lot more, um, alternative and holistic, you know, mm -hmm. measures like acupuncture and massage and, and chiropractic and all this. So I'm, I'm hoping that soon, soon. I mean, they're even in some cases starting to cover yoga and yoga therapy, wow. which I work with some of my clients as well. And that's amazing. Like a couple of years ago, that was not happening. So I'm hoping that like Reiki is Come like on, just behind. Shield and you're listening. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, they can somehow work that in with psychology or psychiatrist yeah. or something. Yeah. I mean, like you said, I get or sports therapy or something. Yeah. Like my that. chiropractic care is covered. And honestly, I go in and get a massage and an yeah. adjustment and it's crazy that that's covered. But like you said, you just had a disease that you cured and somehow it's not. So hopefully in the next few years, which brings me to my next question. A lot of people, I'm sure this totally varies by city, but want to know cost wise, like, are there any ranges that people should be considering, especially holidays coming up we have a lot of finances to consider yeah. how much are usually reiki sessions yeah so it's typically pretty comparable to like an hour an hour and a half massage okay um at most places that i see clients as well as privately 
for 60 to 90 minutes, it's usually anywhere from like 90 to 150, depending on if it's in office, if it's in your home. Right. Different factors. Yeah. So, but it's typically around that range, which would be pretty similar if you're getting an hour massage or if you're having somebody come to your house. Yeah. Any, any like alternative health thing I feel like falls in that range too. Yeah. Do you find yourself now that you do Reiki and yoga, um, I've heard this on a different podcast and you were just talking about it. You're at like a higher vibration. Do you ever feel like you're around low vibration people and you're like, I have to get out of here. And the girl in the podcast used an example and they wanted to go out and she's like, I just don't want to be around low vibration people today. Mm. Um, Do you find that maybe you are be more of an introvert because of the energy you have or an extrovert because you're helping people? Well, that's really an interesting question and one that I have spent a long time. (laughs) Um, So I would say that I used to be very extroverted Mm -hmm. um, and I still am an extroverted person. However, because I'm considerably more energy sensitive now, um, I'm very careful about the situations I put myself in Mm -hmm. and I definitely prefer more one-on-one versus crowd Mm -hmm. like loud bar like it's just not my scene anymore you know maybe when you're 21 or whatever but um so I guess in that regards it has kind of created a bit more of an introverted part of Mm -hmm. my person or has brought out more of an introverted but it's almost um it's interesting because you know I can mm-hmm. show up when I need to show up, but I'm just more mindful of do I want to be in that situation? I do, mm-hmm. okay, and then it's enjoyable versus just showing up for things that maybe you yeah don't really feel like you want to do. But I think honestly, if it came down to it, if everybody asked themselves before they put themselves in certain situations, people would probably say the same. Like, do I really want to? Oh yeah, you know, like, be in this loud crowd and have people like run into me all night. Memes about it now that yeah. are like. I still want to be invited. I just don't want to go out. Right. Right. <laughs> like, exactly. I want you to think of me, but I actually just don't really want to be around right. that energy. So right. that makes sense. Or it's, you know, more, more comforting. I think it's someone's house too. Yeah. You like know someone. And if there's a lot of people there, just, there's more of that like homey, warmer yeah. energy. Do you find that it's helped you in your personal life make better decisions? For example, with like not only health, but dating. If you're like, I can just feel this person's energy. I'm not really into it or friendships or even family. Has it really helped in that regard? Yeah. Um, I'd say one of the, one of the biggest things is, um, it's made decision-making and boundaries very clear Mm -hmm. for me. Um, when you are in a situation or with the person, whether it's dating, it's, I mean, I guess it's a positive thing because right away you're just like, no, no. <laughs> bye. Let's save like coming. two years of our lives. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, but you know, with with family or friends or or dating or I mean, just life in general, just very clear boundaries mm-hmm. of you know what this is really how I feel and that's not really a good fit for me. Um, and also just picking up on things like I don't think this person's being very honest or genuine. And mm-hmm. again, kind of going back to that choosing, we only have so much time in a day mm-hmm. and we need to take care of ourselves and the time that you have left outside of taking care of yourself and work and all of your life stuff, you just, you spend it wisely, you know, mm-hmm. around the people that uplift you and the situations that uplift you, the hobbies, the interests, everything that uplifts you. Nobody wants to, consistently put themselves in a downer situation. So I think it's just made 
those potential situations very clear. Like, mm, no, not today. Yeah. I don't have the energy for that exactly. today. <laughs> and that's, I feel like as people get older, it's one of those things that I feel a lot of times when people are like, oh, I wish I knew this in my 20s or I wouldn't have done that if I would have known this. But it's, again, just like with the health and getting sick later in life, it's if you start paying attention mentally earlier too, you could oh, probably sure. save yourself a lot of heartache and frustration and stress just by being more mentally aware. Stress, 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 stress is so big. We all get it from time to time. Mm -hmm. It's how we manage it and how we can let it go. And if we can more efficiently manage and let it go, we will be in such a better headspace, physical space, energetic space when we're 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90. If you live over 100, you know, bless. <laughs> yeah. Good for you. <laughs> really. The queen, I feel like, is almost 100. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, you know, like, what is she doing right? at that point? Yeah. You know? That's so funny. Well, this has been so awesome. I obviously need to come in. I'm going through some personal stuff. I need to work through it. I'm sure every one of my friends and coworkers and family can relate. So what, um, how can we actually find you and get in touch with you to book some time with you? Yeah, definitely. Um, so you can find me on Facebook. I'm under Tiffany Ketchmark Healing. Okay. And um, you can give me a call if that's, you know, the not too old fashioned. <laughs> um, and, and or you can uh, shoot me an email. My email address is healing at tiffanyketchmark.com. Awesome. And my phone number is 312 590-6163. Awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes as I usually do. And hopefully you'll have some new customers in the next week yeah. because if you even call them customers, clients, clients, friends. customers, there we go. <laughs> That's a better word. But thank you so much. It was great having you on and I can't wait to come see you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.